Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. The story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is over 2,000 years old. And there are not many who do not know some parts of the story. But each time I read the story again, I find new insights into the level of sacrifice and mercy that was poured out for our salvation. There are those who are so thankful for the amazing grace that we can forever sing the song that says, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. There are those who are so uh, pleased and, and so happy with what Christ has done in their life that they have declared they will never forget. But it seems like the, the further away we get from the moment of our salvation experience sometimes, we do not seem to appreciate the, the monumental, we don't how good God is. There are others who, after being exposed to the grace of God and goodness of God, still choose to, re to reject the mercies of God. As we share our faith with others and tell people about Jesus Christ, there are those who seem like they don't want to hear it. And in fact, they don't want to hear it. But Jesus finished his work on the cross, and that work is available to all, whether we accept it or reject it. He still made the way for our salvation and our eternal life. But I want to share how through his own execution, Jesus still gathered men to eternal life, which was his mission. In order to get a complete picture of all we know about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and, and his trial and those last moments, uh, you will have to read uh, the account in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, when I was a new believer and I first started reading the Scriptures, I would read through Matthew, and then I would read Mark, and then I'm thinking, you know, it seemed like I read this story before. Then I'd read Luke, and I'm thinking, why are they telling me the same thing again? Then I'd read John, and I'd hear again, I'm thinking, you know, this is repeating itself. But what you have are four writers who all from their own view and what they saw wrote down some notes. Sometimes some are more descriptive than others, and some included more information than others. So in order to get the full picture, you need to read them all because some might leave out a detail that another one might have included. 
In other words, four of us can see the same event and not describe it the same way. And so that's why we have the four versions in the gospel. And each of them talked a little bit about the uh, crucifixion from their perspective. And I want to read a couple of lengthy passages, and then I want to zero in on something that I want to share with you today. We're going to start with the book of Mark, uh, chapter 15, uh, verses number 16 and following. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! And again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexandria and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. Then Mark goes on to tell us, it was the third hour when they crucified him. Now, they began counting their hours at six in the morning. So, six was the first hour. So, the third hour was nine. Nine o'clock in the morning, he was taken out to be crucified. I don't know about you, but that's kind of early to me to get hung on a cross. Nine in the morning. Now, he'd been up all night being beaten and tried. But nine in the morning. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. Then a little comment that Mark gives us in verse 27. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. Then I want to look at what Matthew says about this passage. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 41, Matthew talks about it and he said this, in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In verse 44, he says, in the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him, the robbers. And then we're told here uh, something different from uh, what Mark said in verse 45. He said, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. The sixth hour was 12 o'clock. Now he got, he started getting the crucifixion started at nine and now it's 12 and darkness come. Three hours hanging on the cross already. It's already been a long day for the Lord. So from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. It got dark. It wasn't just a minor eclipse of the sun. It stayed dark for three hours at least. 
About the ninth hour, that's three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then here's John's view of it in John chapter 19, verse 16 and 18. John wrote this, finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull in which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Verse 28, later knowing that all that had come, later knowing that all was now completed and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now we've heard from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm sorry, Mark, John, and Matthew we've heard from. And each of them, although they've given a little bit of a different view of uh, what was happening, each of them commented on these two men who were crucified with him. And that got my attention. I said, here's these two guys. And I, I'm going to spend some time talking about these two men because I think they represent every one of us. These two guys who are nameless in the scripture. And the only one that gave us a better description of what was happening with these two guys was Luke. Everybody else just mentioned them. Mark said there were two men who were crucified with him, two criminals, two robbers. John said that there were two, but he said that they were crucified with him, but Jesus was in the middle. But let's look at what Luke tells us about these men. Luke, in the book of, of Luke chapter 23, he said two other men both criminals. Now, Luke was a doctor, a physician, and he was used to being more detailed. He says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they were crucified with him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they, know not, they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. In verse 39, we have that one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I'll tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to point out uh, from these passages the opportunity and the opposition to receiving Jesus Christ when things are really going bad for you. That's the point when most people come to Christ when things are going bad. Because when things are going well and we have it going on, 
We have a tendency to put the Lord on the back burner. Okay, let me, let me somebody going to say amen over here in this section probably. And I, I tell you, if you say amen a lot, I'm going to finish quicker. But people have a tendency, you know how when it's going well and, and, and the job is going well and you're making good money and you have a little extra change and you just bought that new car and you got that new house and, and you've been praying and asking God to, to bless you and the Lord started blessing you. Now you got your motorcycle and a boat and, 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 and Sunday is just as good a day as any to go to the lake. You know, because I work hard. And I've accomplished some things. I've, I've got an education and, and I, I deserve to enjoy what I've worked so hard for. So the only time I can go to the lake is on Sunday. But when they come and repossess that boat and you went to the doctor and he said, I got something I need to share with you. Ask your family to come in with you. And the first thing you say is, oh, Lord. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right now. It was Jesus. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected, in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit, and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you, and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life, and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.